Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the one and only, it's the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 320, and as always, take a moment to say thank you to everyone who tuned into last week's show. Well done, John, who stood in for me, uh, and also thanks to Nigel Travis for chatting to Steve yeah, and coming on, on and, and giving us 15 minutes. Really, really appreciate that. It always adds great value uh, for us fans to hear from the very top. This week, we've got one hell of a moment in our club's history to review. Um, the Mansfield game, uh, yesterday's game as we record on Sunday against Stockport as well. So without further ado, I think we just crack on and as always start with a word from our podcast sponsor. Indeed, indeed. So the podcast is sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, who are an established business based in Chingford. They specialise in bespoke flowers, sourced from the finest growers in the world, and they can do anything from a simple thank you to tailored wedding, bar mitzvahs, there's anything you like, they're here to help. And the best part is there for all O's fans and staff, 15 percent off so Jaden Sweeney was in there for Mother's Day you should get yourself in there too to get your 15% off as you get a lovely discount so to get in touch with John and his fantastic team you can give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or you can contact the guys on social media They're on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 and John himself is on Twitter he can be found at Essex Biz they are also on Instagram they can be found at Carol Langley Florist and they are also on Facebook you can find them Carol Langley Florist. That's right. So we are joined uh, by a very special guest this week. Um, we all know the O's won League Two title last week, but did you know that the man responsible for helping to create and engraving our name on that League Two trophy is actually a Leighton Orient fan? And he is joining us now. We are really delighted to introduce onto the Orient Outlook podcast, Barney Nash. Barney, first of all, welcome onto the show. Happy birthday. How's it been for you so far? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. It's been an unbelievable month just on an Orient front and on a personal level as well. So um, the serendipity that's come through this season with the trophy and with this being my birthday month and watching us win the league, it's been fantastic. Oh, what an amazing time to be alive, Barney. So let's get to know a bit about you. So you work for Thomas Light. So if you could tell us a bit about them and tell us a bit about your role and what that what that entails as a starting point. Yeah, so uh, Thomas Light is, uh, we make various different bits of silverware. Um, we're silversmiths. Um, that we hold a royal warrant as well. Um, and we look after pretty much most of the sporting trophies around the world, including the FA Cup. Uh, we look after the ATP stuff, the Rugby World Cup. Um, we've got the ICC. We look after the, the 100. Um, there's a whole plethora of trophies. Um, that you, I mean, it's all online. You can see it all online. Um, and so my part in that is that I'm the engraver. I'm, I have the privilege of engraving um, these historical pieces of silverware um, and such like the Six Nations, for example. Uh, and that's me. I'm, I'm the guy who <laughs> does that. It feels a little bit ridiculous saying it. 
um, and we, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and so obviously this year, um, we well this year there's a new League Two trophy been made. We do all the Skybet trophies um, up to the Championship playoff final. Um, and this year there was a new League Two trophy being made um, because the old one was a bit battered. You can blame Forest Green for that if you like. Mm. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and it just just so happened that we were mounting an amazing title challenge. So it, it seems like quite a pressured role, Barney, because if you get like one letter wrong slightly, you can obviously mess up what is a very famous trophy, right? Yeah, basically. Um, it's kind of all in the prep. Um, it's really tough. Um, there's like a lot of high-pressure jobs, but you just kind of just got to keep your cool because ultimately throughout the day, there's like a whole bunch of stuff where it is high-pressure. So as long as the process is right, as long as the approach is correct, you're going to get the right result. Um, so I've actually pre-saved, this was a couple of months ago as well, I pre-saved the file that has the uh, late 2022-2023 Leighton Orient at the bottom of it a couple of months ago, ready for next year, because I, I just I had a belief that we were going to win this title. Oh, you could have been an absolute Jonah, but thank God it's worked out in your favour. Well played. Um, so how long have you supported the O's and, and what, what kind of pointed you towards Orient? Like, why did you choose Orient as, as a club to support? Are you from the area? Yeah, so well, so a bit, a bit, I've been I've been an Orient fan for 22 years. That well, this will be so 22, 23. It was zero, um, 2000, 2001 was my first season, right. um, and we've sat in all the stands apart from the South Stand actually. Um, <laughs> and we, I think I was actually uh, grew up in East Ham, and my dad would take myself and my brother um, for our sins to Upton Park for our birthdays. Um, so sorry, guys. Yeah, uh, I think there is actually a picture of me as a young child in a, in a full West Ham kit, which is one that <laughs> doesn't. We don't bring that one out. Cheers, Barney. We'll see you later, bud. Bye. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Been good chatting. <laughs> um, and then we went to um, we went to an Orient West Ham pre-season game because we used to do a couple. I think it was, was it the East London Cup or something? Was it? Something like that. I remember they used to um, play at Brisbane Road quite a bit. Yeah, and so we went there, sat in the south stand. Um, sorry, we didn't sit in the south stand. We stood in the north stand, um, and we just fell in love with the club. I mean, there's, I mean, well, this is my romantic view. You don't get a, a you know, you don't, your club chooses you almost. You don't really choose your club. Um, but I think it's probably because the season tickets for kids were fifty quid at the time, and so my dad took us the next year, um, mm-hmm. and that was it. Um, yeah, like I say, like twenty two now, sort of 20, best part of twenty three years later, I've got LOFC tattooed on my knuckle. Um, and it's my club it's yeah it's my family that's my home do you have do you have a favourite uh, player Barney over that period is there one player who you, is just your favourite I guess it could be several couldn't they yeah over the years it started with Andy Harris um, then it was ridiculously unpopular opinion but I really liked Justin Miller but I was a kid um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I Big fan of Justin Miller, but of recent years, um, it's got to be the beautiful man, Craig Clay. Um, I just absolutely love him. When he came in, he's always been so solid, always done his job, and I think nobody deserves what he's had, two promotions, both as title winner, um, more than he does. Like, yeah, absolutely. I got my photo with him on Saturday as well, so that was nice. Oh, brilliant. So, how were you feeling when when we won the League Two title? Because we we won the league two, we won the league at Gillingham. Sorry, no, we didn't. We got promoted at Gillingham, and obviously last week at Crewe, we were we were crowned champions of League Two. So, how did that feel for you? 
It was unbelievable. Um, it was, it, to be honest, it hadn't hit home until yesterday when I saw the trophy and it, it you know, it, then we were champions. I think that happened previously with the National League season as well. Um, but it was just, it was just a wonderful experience. And like, I'm, I'm really lucky I get to share that experience with my family and my wider Orient family who, you know, consider me part of their families as well, which is really, really lovely. Um, so it's just, as it is a family club, we know, we all know that and we, that's why we love it. Um, so yeah, it was just a really, really beautiful experience in the sunshine. Um, and also, um, I've, I was brought up, my parents are both born again Christians. And I think that being such a narrative this year, um, watching George Monker go up to that penalty, I think they, you know, they, they were, they were fine. They knew what was going to happen. I was a bit nervous myself, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just a beautiful moment, beautiful day. So Barney, tell us about your week then. Obviously, Orient get promoted, crown champions on Saturday, and you know, obviously, you're going to be the man to engrave it. So tell us about your week then. How were you feeling during the week? When did you engrave it? And what were you feeling as you're writing those sacred letters onto a brand new League 2 trophy? Well, so the actual timing of it, um, it won't happen until next year. Um, it, we so the club will keep the trophy now for a period of time, but we will also make a trophy, a special replica for Orient. Um, in fact, the first, second, third, and fourth, well, the fourth bit in the playoff winners, all get an award. Um, so we'll also get a replica with just our name on it. Um, but I won't actually be engraving Orient on the trophy until maybe. So I've just done Forest Green. It'll be maybe February, March time. Um, that it actually goes on so I cannot I cannot wait and there's been a couple of shift around in roles and stuff at, at the workshop and stuff and I'm just I'm going to stick in my seat nobody's budging me for the next 12 months <laughs> I'm staying there I, could, like, I couldn't even be offered money to move like it's a ridiculous ridiculous opportunity I'm so grateful to be able to have it as an Orient fan as well so yeah I cannot wait I cannot, I'll let you know how it goes why? Why? Why is it not already been done? What's the kind of thought process behind? What's the rule or or the process behind that as to why you have to wait for a year? Yeah, so I think it's because Orient have the trophy um, and they'll have it for a bit and they'll parade it around. Um, I think it's mostly probably a cost-based thing um, and just to keep it so, you know, there's not a guy there doing the engraving on the day, unfortunately. Um, and it's just so Orion can do what they want to do with it. They'll have it for a period of time and then they can enjoy it. And then I assume the AFL will get in touch and say, we're going to sort out your replica. Can you send that one back? Because that's going to have to be presented for the next year's thing so they'll basically leave it with the club to enjoy for the maximum amount of time possible right. um, which means that I don't have access to it until yeah until next Feb but um, I've had it all year so I think it's right that somebody else has it <laughs> <laughs> and how did it feel, feel Barney when you saw uh, Darren Prattley and Omar Beckles and Ada Martin lift it yesterday and all those fireworks go up I mean a special moment for all those I mean, minutes, like considering how close you are to the trophy how did you feel yeah, I, I cried my eyes out, to be honest with um, It was just, it was, like I say, it was a weird one. It didn't hit home until I saw it there. Um, and I'll have, um, there was Viggs, I mean, he seems to love that thing, um, holding it up in the area in front of the north where we sit. Um, and I, I could just see it and I could almost pick out the detailing of the thing that I'd engraved and I'd, I'd had it in my room. It's been called the Orion Trophy in the workshop all year. Like I've made sure everybody calls it the Orion Trophy all year. Um, and just to see that thing that I've had and I've held so closely and all of my hope really has been, that was kind of physical manifestation, if you like, of the hope that I had for this season was there. 
and actually finally the connection was made between my club and the job that I've got and that and it was yeah it was quite overwhelming and yeah like I say I burst into flames and <laughs> with that gave me a big hug which was nice oh, that's oh, amazing mate. so aside from yesterday what's been your favourite moment this season has there been a particular pivotal point for you this Ooh. season yeah I mean to be honest, it's been it's been a season full of so much joy, so much like you can tell the togetherness of the group. We've been treated to some unbelievable goals, um, but I think probably it would be difficult. I know it's within the recent history, and I'd like to go back and pick some some um, you know point throughout maybe in December or something like that. But it was just Sutton away for me. I was stood in the away end, having we went to uh, Sutton on the year we got promoted as well from the National League, stood in front of the goalkeeper doing kick-ups, what's he like? Um, And, well, just stood in the sun, again, with my family and with my wider Orient family as well, stood in the sun watching us. Tom James, who I share a birthday with as well, scoring an absolute screamer. Sads as well with that beautiful free kick. I mean, it was just, yeah, top, top Orient experience, to be honest. So that's kind of gone under the radar. You said it was your birthday. So Sutton was a very special mm. day for you, right? So not only did Orient win yeah. pretty much do the business there, but it was also your 30th birthday. So I guess that's a, yeah. almost a double celebration, yeah, right? Like turning 30, winning the league. Life has peaked. Life has peaked for you, Barney. Yeah. Honestly, I'm a bit worried that it has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like April's been so good. I'm really worried that May is just going to balance out and it's just going to rain every day on me, even if I'm indoors. <laughs> well, look, we really appreciate you giving up some of your Sunday evening and waiting for us to, to, to do this with you. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and it's really... Uh, oh, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. The, the job you do is really quite fulfilling from, from and, and clearly you're very passionate about it and to, you know... Buzz off the fact that you're writing your own team's name on oh, a proper trophy. Like you're the only person that can do that. Um, mm. it's, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It's mind blowing. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is crazy. That's exactly what it is. Um, so thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your experience with us, and we look forward to seeing you next season in League One. Wicked. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all you guys do as well. You've um, you've really lit up this this season as well with your podcast. Oh, so thanks so right. much Top for doing what you're doing. Thank you, mate. All the best. Go and enjoy your evening now. Happy birthday, Barney. Take care. Bye. See you later. Up the O's. Bye-bye. Up the O's. Bye. So that was Barney Nash. What a lovely chap he was. First time we spoke to him, got talking to him on Insta, wanted him on the podcast. Come on. So, Barney, thanks again for coming on. And like we've said so many times this season, there's so many different entwining stories this season. That's another one, which is just incredible and he is literally the only person in the world who's going to do that job right engraving that track correct can't be me can't be you can't be Monka can't be Wellens can't be that, anyone that is Barney Nash that's right? Barney's job amazing that's just mind blowing yeah <laughs> supporters club updates then for you so there is obviously still a game of the season left to play our final one is away at Bradford City on Monday the 8th of May you obviously know that's been moved because of the King's coronation that is a 12.30 kickoff. Do not think it's a three o'clock kickoff. It's yeah. kicking off at half past 12. Coaches are leaving the supporters club at half past six in the morning. Adult fares are £42. Concessions are 39 Kids are 21 And those have to travel, children have to travel with a fair paying adult. Uh, remember that those prices don't include your match day ticket. I know we've sold roughly about 1,800 tickets. Yeah. I think there's a couple of hundred left. So be quick if you are going. And you can book onto that trip now by calling the, the travel line, which is 07507 539 
579. And great work this year at the Supporters Club by all in running their coaches. Amazing yeah. work there. Two pieces of AOB to say about this week. First up, we say congratulations to Lance Vigru, who made his 150th O's appearance last week's game against Crew Alexandra when under the radar it came out, I think, early uh, last week. So well done, Mr. Vigru. 150. Incredible. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. Also, want to say congratulations to Lee Deering, who ran the London Marathon last week in aid of the J3 Foundation. He ran it in a five hours and 44 minutes. And it was good to see you and the family earlier today at the promotion party, Lee. And also to anybody else who ran the marathon, well done to you all. Tweet us with the links to your Just Giving page if you ran for charity, um, and we'd love to reshare it. Raise a few more quid if people have the spare money. Absolutely. So let's move on into a very historic week that yes. was at Orient. Me and Paul have the Prosecco out, so we have a glass of Prosecco each alongside us as we... You drank yours already? Done one, yeah. Oh my thirsty. word. Paul was very thirsty. <laughs> so we're going to go through the week. We're going to start actually with Sunday the 23rd of April because while I was recording, it was worth recapping that the EFL were hosting their end of season awards and as Mr Levy was on a flight home from Malta, yeah. uh, it was a decent night for the O's, wasn't it? It was a very good night for the O's because Omar Becker was given the EFL Player in the Community Award. Yeah, great stuff there. Lawrence Vigarou, Omar Beckles and Idris El Mazzouni were also named in the League 2 team of the season. So well done to that those three chaps. That makes absolute sense. Uh, Richie Wellens was quite rightly named as the League 2 manager of the year. He absolutely was. Great speech there from Richie. Great speech. club. Absolute housery from him towards the other I managers. I think Richie there. might have had a few of these bad boys down I his neck I think night. he had a few sherbets <laughs> down. Yeah, I think there was a few sherbets in then. But well deserved, Richie. <laughs> Great scenes and well done to everyone. What a season it's been um, for everyone involved. And people like Paul Smith, you, you would expect maybe to see that list hadn't made it, but 3 out of 11 isn't bad. Yeah, I think with Paul, his injuries curtailed his performance uh, performances and his appearances more importantly so uh, I think that that's yeah you'd argue that Theo Archibald bar for his injury yeah. for the last few months as well so let's move on then happy Monday the 24th of April the club announced that every player that has appeared in 10 or more matches has been nominated for the player of the season award which meant the nominations were open fully to everyone barring a handful that hadn't made 10 absolutely so like Sam Sargent yeah. Reese Byrne Jordan Lydon Three names that spring to mind. Yeah, there's quite a few names on the Google sheet. We're not going to talk about who we think should win it yet because obviously we'll cover that in our end of season uh, podcast as well. But I mean, could be numerous players, right? It's, it's going to be a could really be fourteen or fifteen. It's going to Anyone be a really knows. tight vote. It's going to be really interesting to see who wins that actually because as well as the players in attack who get a lot of the publicity, the defence have been phenomenal. So it's going to be a really really difficult one to choose as well as playoff season. The club also announced its nominees for goal of the season. I mean, there were some huge goals on here. So also some pretty decent goals that haven't made the cut, made the cut yeah. as well. So the nominations for goal of the season are got first up, Tom James versus Grimsby, which was an amazing goal first first game, first of, the game of the season. Yeah, it was a real kickstart for the season, that wasn't it? It was a real kind of vibe being oh, set there. Huge goal. Paul Smith's goal, his bicycle kick against Doncaster Rovers, if you cast your mind back to that. I mean Incredible strike that one. That's followed by Theo Archibald. First up, his goal against Carlisle, which was a beautiful chip into the far post. Take a bow, Theo. I mean, 
Keep That's already three quality goals that can yeah. really go with the season so, award elsewhere. These are only the first three we were talking about. Yeah, Theo again for his uh, control on his thigh and his instant volley uh, against uh, Doncaster Rovers. What a game that was. What a goal. Also the parakeets in that game as yeah. well. What a goal. Sext up, Ed Towns versus Walsall. Beautiful uh, shot from a very tight angle there. From Ed, great result there. Well done, Ed. Good goal because that was on his right foot as well, yeah. if I remember rightly. George Moncur's goal against Salford. The FIFA goal, literally pass, pass, yeah. pass, pass through ball score. Great goal that was. Complete football, yeah. And completing the goal of the season nominations. Tom James again gets in there for his goal away to Saturn a couple of weeks ago. So seven incredible goals for everyone to vote on. And like we said, there could have been a lot more goals 100%. nominated in there, but there can only be seven. So again, really interesting to see who will win that and we'll talk about that more on our we do our, yeah. we do our goals absolutely I think Tom James was in running for like July's August I know he July was, was only yeah, one yeah. game but yeah July, August and September like his goals in those three ga- uh, three months he yeah, could have easily have won away to Crawley and I think he scored a free kick on Sutton in the yeah, uh, EFL trophy so incredible incredible so those are the goals of the month. To Huey Tuesday then as we move on, the 25th of April. The main event of the day was Mansfield Town away in the evening. The team was announced at 6.45 with Vigor in goal, Thompson, McCarr, Ogie and Swinney as the back four with Clay, Brown, Smith, Sadlier, and Satoru and Kelman up top. Subs for this one were Sergeant, James, Hunt, Moncur, Prattley, Duke McKenna, and Drynan. Indeed, indeed. So that meant there were quite a few changes for the O's from the team who beat crew. But during the warm-up, Lawrence Vigrou felt some discomfort and was replaced in the starting lineup by Sam Sargent. And Dan Happy was also a late inclusion on the bench as he came in in place of Rob Hunt. Your views on that, Mr. Bidilajande? Yeah, look, I'm not a fan of, of big sort of changes, but there is still quality in the subs that we had that we could bring in and then the backup players that could come in and sit on the bench. I hope it's enough to cope with a team that are really pushing for the playoff place and we're, we're one of the pre-season favourites to be automatically yes. promoted. I remember Richie saying, anyone ahead of Mansfield is going to get promoted. Yeah. So, you know, fair play. They still have a very strong bench as well, even with Lawrence going off and Sam coming in. There's still, there's still strength in that depth yeah for me some big changes within that starting lineup, but for decent quality coming in change in formation it looked like as well like a clear 4-4-2 which was yeah. good to see for me seeing Thompson and Clay start who are both out of contract at the end of the season to me it felt like the start of their kind of farewell tour yeah. almost uh, to a point but great to see Dan Happy back on the bench I'm imagine this is quite a big opportunity for Sam Sargent again yeah. Sargent only signed a one year deal uh, last summer so he's out of contract as well we haven't said because Vigo's been so good he's not Played. He's yeah. not played in any cup game. He's not. He's not. He's barely dropped Vigoru at all this season because Vigoru's been so good. So massive chance for Sargent to maybe earn himself another year contract because we ain't seen him. Um, so big change, chance for him. And we got a tweet saying that was his first league start since the twenty eighth of January twenty twenty. So you can see how long he's not played in EFL league game for. He went on loan obviously to Barnet I think last yeah. season. So when we saw that, I guess the feeling he's gonna have to go, and he. Really, if he wants to be playing first in football, unless Lawrence Vigaru depends on his ambition, it depends what you know. I think Vigaru has been very kind of um, appreciative of him and Reese Burns. Says you know it's it's a team, it's collective. They push me, I push them. Interesting. I guess it depends where where Sam sees himself and what he's being told about when Vigaru leaves the club, whether that's this summer or whether that's in two years. I mean, Vigaru ain't going to be around forever. So I've just got a good couple of years with him. I guess it depends on the long term plans that Leighton or have for Sam Sargent. If they see him as the next number one, or if they see him as you're just going to be a number two, mate. We think you're a good backup. We don't think you've got what mm. it needs for a number one. But it's interesting to see. 
but for his benefit, then if that's going to be the case, he can't be a number two his whole life, his whole career. Depen- he, he needs to. He needs to to go out. And, and Depends play what you want. You could, I guess he wants to play every week, doesn't he? Every football. I don't know. Do you do you take the money at a League One football club as a number two, or do you drop down to Conference South Conference on less money playing football week, knowing you're probably not ever going to get back up to a club level like later on? I don't know. It, it depends on what Sam sees, and I guess money money talks on, yeah. on what your ambition is. Mm. So keepers younger than Sam, they'll break through at their respective clubs. Mm. No disrespect to Sam. Yeah. So I guess it, I guess it depends where Sam sees himself and how settled he is at later on. It seems very settled. It seems like he's a big personality. And we'll talk about what happens at full time with Sam after the game, the way yeah. they're kind of pushing and him out. But today he was well. involved in all the all the stuff you see post Gillingham, post crew, where he was on the bench and didn't play. He's very active in those celebrations. He's not sitting there kind of whimpering around. He's very part of that mm. of that group. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens with Sam Sargent. Quite a lot of tweets uh, when that team was announced. Yeah, Les LK fifty two said nowhere turns. This is a less strong side than expected. The only people happy with this will be Mansfield. Matty Sari said, Glad to see some changes to give some squad players some minutes. Would love Duke McKenna to come on for some proper game time in, in the second half. Yeah, Davy Bear said, Please for Thompson, Clay and Ogie. Yeah, so the O's were given a guard of honour by the hosts and the match kicked off with the O's looking for another win as champions and with Mansfield needing the points and the win to get into the playoff places yeah. themselves yeah absolutely there was a lot for them to play for good early start from the O's but in the 8th minute Jordan Brown made a superb block to deny Mansfield oh, shot Jordan goal. Brown done fantastically well there but in the 10th minute Mansfield took the lead they had a short throw in which saw Boateng beat Kelman down the right hand side he put in a low cross mm-hmm. and Keely had done got ahead of Adam Thompson to finish past Sam Sargent from close range to make it 1-0 to the host. Poor goal to consider. Slightly against one of the play. We looked yeah. quite good early on. Yeah. Kept the ball well. quite well. Good movement. Their first real attack and 1-0 down at that point. You're thinking, oh, that's not going to do Sarge's confidence any good. Literally the first thing he's had to do had is to pick do. the ball out of the net. There's going to be a real kind of test of character now for the There's a big home crowd there for Mansfield as well. They were quite loud at the beginning. Really? Yeah, so at that point you're thinking... We're going to see what these guys are made of. Yeah. Or some of these squad players are made of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the lead only lasted seven minutes, so no need to, to get too excited. <laughs> Kieran, Kieran sadly has crossed from the left, was sliced away, and the looping ball fell to Craig Clay, who hit a volley from the edge of the box, which bounced back off the post. And an unmarked Charlie Kelman was there to nod in the rebound and make it 1-1. Amazing. Craig that Clay's volley was so sweet. The ball kind of fell to him. You're waiting for him to hit it almost in slow motion he hit it beautifully keepers beat and it kind of bounced off the inside of the post obviously Kelman heads in but I was waiting for the offside flag to go because he was yeah. so alone and so kind of isolated where Kelman just nods it in and they ran off to celebrate and I was looking waiting for the celebrations to stop and the ref to blow the whistle and go sorry you're offside but didn't he was quite clearly onside the goal stood great response 2 and 2 for Kelman and well played Craig Clay. Yeah, amazing. A superb strike from Clay Clay. Craig Clay. Yeah. He was unfortunate that that didn't go Very in. An inch to the left and that, that yep. goes in and that's his goal. But, you know, great that uh, that, that um, Kelman was alert and there ready to put the ball in because yeah. otherwise a Mansfield defender gets that and clears it. So, no, absolutely on it and looking to get back in the game. Love to see. 19th minute and the O's were sniffing blood with the game. I mean, the game was so open. It was unreal. They obviously needed the win. We were kind of free-flowing as we'd already yeah. got champions yeah. sadly a great effort from the edge of the area he clipped the crossbar and then a minute later Mansfield took a short corner and a Johnson header was cleared off the line by Jordan Brown literally in the space of a minute we could have gone 2-1 up down one end and they could have gone 2-1 up down the other end it was that open 
Great game for a neutral. Absolutely. And that's not Danny Johnson, uh, in oh, yeah, case people are asking. He wasn't even in the matchday squad, I don't think. He's not fit. Right. But Good. apparently he's been told he's not going to play for Mansfield again. I think he's had some beef with Mr Clough. I expect him to be on his merry way yeah. uh, in the summer. Jaden Sweeney met Sam Sargent's clearance in the 23rd minute. That was a really nice touch as he laid it off to Kieran Sadlier, whose first time forward pass was absolutely sublime. That was a really good move, that. It met the run of Charlie Kelman, who charged into the 18-yard box, but Kilgore did very, very well to come across and cover, made an excellent clearance to deny Kelman. That whole move... Beautiful. Sergeant to Sweeney to Sadlier, that's three passes. Forward to, to Kelman, four. Four passes were in behind. But for the fact that Kilgore was able to recover... Fantastic, great football for Looking us. really good. Sergeant's yeah. distribution, I think the whole night pretty much was spot on. Like, he's yeah. obviously been working very closely with Rice and Vigaru uh, and Bernie's distribution was top notch. But we yeah. took the lead though in the 30th minute. Superb interception by Aleoleole Cray Clay. So then passed the ball towards Charlie Kelman. He fed sadly on the left. He beat the offside trap. He drove towards goal, squared his cross onto the unrushing Ruel Satoru, who called his side foot the ball home. 2 1 Orient. Yeah, that is a superb move. Again, started by Craig Clay. He's having a really good game. Great game. Really good game. Great technique from Ruel as well. Read that well. Again, brilliant football from us. Doing bit, really well. Bit of a homecoming for Craig Clay. Obviously, a Nottingham lad. Mansfield yep. isn't that far from Nottingham. No. Nope. I imagine he might have had a few mates there, a few family there. Wants to prove a point. Yeah. But again, he might be playing for a year extension. Yeah. Potentially. So, he's having a great game, Craig Clay. But great finish from Satoru, though. I think ninth goal of the season. Took it well. Uh, like you expect from Ross to you at the moment. So, 38 minutes gone. Oates charged down the right for Mansfield before breaking into the box. He fired in a powerful strike, which was blocked by Jamie McCart. And two minutes later, Shad Ogie threw himself in the way of Kelia Dunn's powerful shot. I've got to say at this point, Jamie McCart was having an, an excellent game. Yeah. They were putting yeah. crosses into the box. He was getting his head to everything, making some superb blocks, as was Shad Ogie. We all were defending really well. I was pleasantly surprised by Jamie McCart. At Mansfield, he was doing very well. Best yeah. game by far. Yeah, by far. Seven minutes of time and up on the board in the fifth minute. Ruel Saturio had his pocket picked. Adam Thompson tried to deal with the uh, to deal with it, but pulled their player back, and he ended up picking up a yellow card for his troubles. Blatant yellow card. Yeah. Ruel should know a bit better than that. Thompson taking one there for the team. With nothing further to report, the ref brought the half to a close with the champions leading the home team two one in a game. All to play for, like we said, Mansfield had to win to get the points yeah. to get in the playoffs. And we win. didn't, other than pride and professionalism yeah. and, and respect for the league and for others that were fighting around them. We couldn't just roll over and let them have three no, points. Absolutely. We were doing really well. 7,072 is the official attendance, a whopping 527, including your good self, made it up absolutely. to Mansfield. Felt like more in there. Some great new songs being sung. Obviously, the Jamie McCart song that we tweeted about, uh, to, which was the David Mooney song. But I'm not a fan of that song for our player. Oh, I thought it was. Used I to be. It, I thought it was apt. Used to be. Yeah. But now he's all right. Yeah. Walking, Walking in. in a, yeah. I, I never liked it being sung about Dave Mooney, and I don't like it. But I just don't think that song is a is like it's a real it's a tongue in cheek in one regard, but it's a disrespect to the player yeah, in another. Yeah. And I just don't feel that we should be singing that song. I don't think that's a positive thing to sing. To be fair, I don't think Jamie McCart's going to be at Orient much longer, so I don't think it's going to be something. I good. don't think he cares, but still, while he's yeah. wearing our shirt, he's out playing. <laughs> Okie dokie. So there were no changes for the O's at half time. In the 49th minute, Craig Clay picked up a booking, and in the 51st minute, Jalen Sweeney did superbly well to beat his man on the byline. Drove towards goal, looked to have been fouled. Referee 
wasn't interested. That was a penalty. No yeah. penalty. I've not, do you know what? I've not seen that replay, but in the ground, obviously that was right in front of the away end. did look like a penalty. Yeah, it looked like a penalty on, on TV as well, I must be honest. 55 minutes on the clock now. Kieran Sadley was fouled about 20 yards outside the box. He put the result in free kick just wide, though. He certainly did. 61st minute from a Mansfield short pass forward from Boateng. The ball got under Adam Thompson's feet. He let it go, and suddenly Kieran Dunn was through and goal with just Sam Sargent to beat. The on-rushing shad Ogi rushing back, made a recovery tackle from behind, but was judged to have made a foul. The ref pulled out red card, and went free kick came to nothing. But obviously, on it down to ten men. For me, at mm-hmm. the time, it looked harsh. Mm-hmm. It looked like he won the ball. Mm-hmm. I've seen it since. Mm-hmm. I still think he wins the ball. I agree. Obviously, I'm incredibly biased as an Orient fan. However, yeah. I think he wins the ball. I agree 100%. The reason I think he wins the ball is because the ball gets pushed further forward. Yeah. Like if the ball changes he, direction, he so was, he's caught the ball, the ball yeah. and then their man's obviously gone down. So, we, But we've obviously not, there's been no appeal that's been announced, so I'm assuming we're just going to take that one on the chin. He misses one game, which was, which was yesterday. Yeah. But for me, I, I think that was, I'm, I'm convinced that's not a red card. I, I'm, I'm convinced that's wrong. Do you know what, that was a shame because he was having a real good game. Great game. As well, I thought, I thought it looked really solid. And obviously he needs it for his fitness, needs it to kind of prove his worth. Obviously, yeah. this summer last season, he was Orient's first choice centre-back pair with Beckles. Yep. He got sent off, remember? Yeah. Against Northampton, lost his place to Happy who came in. Happy mm. was amazing all season. And Ogie, for whatever reason, has not been able to get back into that starting lineup. So yeah. I think Ogie will be as frustrated as anyone with that. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's harsh on him. Some great skill by Paul Smith down our right in the 63rd minute. His fear cross, fierce cross, I beg your pardon, went across the face of goal and unfortunately out the other side. Couldn't, couldn't find a, an Orient shirt. He's put in so one. many great crosses this season. The point is just like someone just make, take the gamble, make the one in there. But yeah. no one on the end of that one. And two minutes later, he came off as the first Orient sub was made and he was replaced by Tom James. Yeah, and then our further substitutions were made three minutes later as Kieran Sadley was replaced by George Moncur and Ruel was replaced by Aaron Drynan. Yeah, 71st minute, then Drynan involved in the action. He always uh, put a long throw in there. The ball fell to Drynan. He drew a shot just wide off the far post. Mansfield started to put a bit of pressure on as in the third, 73rd minute, Oates' first touch let him down in the area in a good position. And in the 75th minute, Atkins had space uh, in the box, but shot straight at Sam Sargent. They were starting to get a few more chances were creeping in, obviously going for it. Now they had the crowd behind them, um, <coughs> and obviously had a man more than us. In the 81st minute, the most obvious booking ever with Sam. I said in like the 65th minute, I was like, if anyone's a betting man here, put a quid on Sam Sargent getting booked, because he's going to get booked any second. Right. He eventually got booked in the 81st minute. Could have been booked much earlier, that one. Was it again taking one for the team? Yeah, uh, why not? Um, 84 minutes on the clock, further substitution for the O's as Stephen Duke McKenna came on to replace Charlie Kelman. Yeah, great shift from Charlie Kelman, a good to see Duke McKenna back on the pitch in the 88th minute, the chance Mansfield were waiting for as Johnson was unmarked from the corner, but headed wide. Yeah, huge let off for us. Yeah. Not that it really caught, like, impacted us, but it was a huge let off for us. 89 minutes in, Sam Sargent made a great low diving save from Oates. And then a great block from Jamie McCart denied Mansfield an equaliser from the rebound. Great save from Sargent. I mean, that's as good as a goal because that's Correct. literally won his team two points. And McCart, again, when it looks like they're going to equalise from the rebound, McCart out of nowhere, again, body, body on the line. ball. Great defending. I've got to Con- say, well played. 100%. Considering it could have been uh, beach towels on sun lounges and flip-flops out, that's not, a, that's not a performance by any stretch of your imagination that suggests those players are in that, in that mindset. Yeah. 
Yeah, unbelievable. Great, great defending there. Seven minutes of time went up on the board and some more great defending from Adam Thompson this time. He showed Swan couldn't get his cross in. And in the fifth minute, George Monker conceded a free kick just outside the 18-yard box. You can see the guy looking at it thinking, oh, please don't score this in the 95th minute. But again, like, well over the bar, didn't make Sergeant work. Straight yeah. into Rosette. Absolutely. And with no further talking points, the referee brought the game to a close with our champions coming from behind to win 2-1 to take the points back to East London as the team came over to applaud the away fans with Adam Thompson, Craig Clay, Sam Sargent and Rhys Byrne all leading the celebrations which you've probably seen on the club's social media accounts. So they've got, they got to do their ole ole olays which obviously they hadn't done um, previously because they weren't part of the squad so it's good yeah. to see them. And Craig Clay, I think I might make a note notice in my views but it felt specifically relevant that Craig Claves looked like was more visibly touched than any of the other three so to me it felt like Claves ole ole was a goodbye 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 goodbye, goodbye. but it could mean as but he's the only one that's anything. national league well he's done it twice Sam Sargent he's done it twice yeah he's done it twice with us there's very few players there Dan Happy Jaden Sweeney who didn't really play but was with the club at the time there's, a, there's only probably a handful of players in that squad now oh, who absolutely. were there at that time yeah. Other than Adrian Martin, but he's not a player. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. Players that could know what that was like. Yeah. Yeah, really good to see that. So normally, after match, we would play Richie Wellens, but Richie Wellens' interview has been up on YouTube. Uh, Five days now, six days. For ages. Great interview. But we're not interested in that uh, this evening. Because you were there. <laughs> so I was there, and when I was leaving, I bumped into Mr. Wellens and Mrs. Wellens, which is Richie's mum and dad. Uh, his mum... Uh, said she was a big fan of the podcast and was literally like when's 320 out and I was like sorry what do you mean because I don't call them by their numbers I just call them by like next week when I talk to you about it we don't call it by 320 she was like when's 320 out and I was like what what do you mean she's like next one when's it out so, oh, ne- like next week and I was like actually do you want to be on it and she was like yeah and I was like okay <laughs> so as we were getting we're, this is only a very short interview because we were getting kicked out like literally like by this point we'd sung the songs we'd done all the LA 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 so we, they were literally kicking people out of the ground so I took Mrs. Wellens round to like the burger bar or whatever it was and was like, right, give us kind of 30 seconds of your time. So this is me talking to Irene Wellens post-Mansfield. So I'm here with Richie's mum post-Mansfield. Irene, how are, you, how are you feeling about the whole season? Fantastic. And you must be so proud of Richie, right? He's come to Leighton Orient and the job he's done has been amazing. Yeah, proudest punch. Could burst with pride. And he's won the league. He's absolutely buzzing. I mean... How are your thoughts on Orion like winning the league? It's just fantastic. Can't believe it. Just everyone's so happy, aren't they? <laughs> so that was literally it. That was Irene Wellens on the Air on Outlook podcast. I did get a very it all happened very, very quickly. Yeah. So maybe under Lovely to hear. Lovely but, to hear from her. Lovely to hear. And obviously saw his dad in Capture Bar yesterday as well, who was having a great time. Oh, it's really? great to hear how engrossed uh, in Leighton Orient his family are and obviously I saw his mum on the pitch yesterday yeah. involved in the celebrations and doing the uh, the chance with the South Stand crowd at it's, the it's, it's so refreshing to see the families of the staff the players that are actually really invested because they're obviously not local to London they're obviously not local to Mansfield uh, by any stretch of imagination so the fact that they're like really invested in us as a club you can really tell the, the culture that Nigel and Kent and the rest of the board have brought to the club that the the, the the employees get brought into it and then their families get brought in because they can see what it's doing for their their loved one who's you know involved in the in the club it's just 
It's unbelievable. It, I don't know any other club like it. No, same here. So again, thank you to Irene uh, Wellens for coming on the podcast. Anytime you guys want to come on, you're more than welcome. Love to hear more about your thoughts on the season and more about Richie growing up as a young lad. So league table, yeah. that three points. CZOs reach another record as we have now hit the 90 points mark. Top of the league. Played 44, 126, drawn 12, lost 6, 90 points. And a frankly ridiculous goal difference of plus 30. So your views on that one, Bidder Lejande? Really short and sweet uh, for me on this one. What a win that was. Uh, when arguably, as I've said before, the flip-flops and the yeah. beach towels are out. Um, you know, we've won the league. We've done what we came to do. Um, and we put in a performance like that where we go one down and, and really dent their playoff um, hopes. So, you know, the attitude, the work rate, the desire and the sheer bloody-mindedness to not lose is just something I will never forget uh, about this squad. The never-say-die attitude. There were lots of good performances that I saw. Jamie McCart is a real standout because there's a lot of indifferent views about Jamie. (coughs) But clearly, like, there is a player in there. Clearly, he wants to do well, um, which is why he's been brought on. And and clearly, Richie sees the value in what he does in, in trading every day. This is a really special side. This is really special. You don't get these... Once in a generation, we were lucky with Justin's side and Justin Edinburgh, God rest his soul, um, to have a side that were all invested, the right characters, the right culture, the right attitude and the desire and, and hunger to want to do as well as possibly as as you possibly can be. And that's from top all the way down to, to everybody. So really special side. So well done. Yeah, for me, great night. Champions performance. Gone one down early, pulled it back, defended brilliantly. Midfield on it and we looked dangerous up front. I think got a shout out to McCartan Thompson. Paul Kelman looked really dangerous. I only enjoyed the songs. The Kieran Sadley song that I uh, hadn't heard at home, but only heard away. I thought it was great. I know you said your piece on the McCartan song. I, I quite like that. And, you know, all the songs about being the champions and being down to 10 men were fantastic. A great uh, evening. I hope Max will do well, actually. The fans were very welcoming. All spoke very pleasantly about Orion uh, and wished us luck. Also, great pies in the stadium, which is very important. Right. The pie was amazing. They piled on with the meat in the meat pie. I've got to say a massive thank you to John uh, for the lift. And it was great travelling up with him, Mike, Stuart, and also sitting with Macca. And also great to meet quite a few new listeners of the Outlook up there as well. Yeah. And great to meet Rich's parents. All in all, a fantastic away, uh, away day. Mansfield can still get into the playoffs if... Salford and or Bradford yeah. lose so it's really Don't tight it's really not in their hands uh, unfortunately for them but yeah I heard a lot of people saying how uh, the Mansfield fans were really engaging really friendly really well, well complimentary they've done anything like it in terms of how friendly they were like you know they were like oh, you know, do you know where you go in because getting to Mansfield you can't go into the normal entrance to the ground you've got to go around the <coughs> side of it and through into the away town stuff so had we followed the home fans in you, you couldn't they wouldn't let you in there's no access to the away and all like oh well, this is the way you go take a left up here this is the way you go like so so friendly so good the sceptic in me would be like they're sending me around the back no, for a hiding no. Like all you know the same, same thing, yeah, perfect. Yeah, right. really nice, great club. Hope they do well uh, next season. Good, Good stuff. To one. Well done for going. Your views on that one? Then we had a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone, uh, not just for for this game and for yesterday's game, but throughout the whole season. I know we've got another one left to do, but it seems poignant to mention that now. So our social media accounts: we're at Orin Outlook on Twitter. If you don't know this by now, we are Orin underscore Outlook underscore Podcast on Instagram. Search Facebook Orin Outlook Podcast. You can email us if you want. If you're not on socials, that's absolutely fine. Uh, we are Orin Outlook 
at outlook.com. So we're going to read these out, but just because we are reading them, obviously it doesn't mean that we agree with them. But for balance, we read them. Orient Meat Pie said, tell you what, I know every team has star players, but I'm struggling to think of a more balanced squad than this one. Everyone has contributed at key times this season. Even McCart is improving each game. Wellens sure knows his players. What a great start. Yeah, point. great start. Point. Nick Clark Al said, Captain Tomo and Jamie McCart were excellent. Don't you know the O's are going up? Yeah, see, for me, Adam Thompson is always consistent. I know some people don't rate him, but for me, he's always consistent, consistently good, by the way, consistent in, in, a, in a positive sense. So, yeah, Nick, good to see you today as well, my friend. Run and Wefford GC, also good to see you today, Grant, as well. Well done for your marathon exploits as well. Fantastic result, he said. Mansfield got what they deserved after the dodgy postponement. That's also very true. What a fantastic squad we have supported each other brilliantly all season and those not playing much have been excellent when called upon I am one proud Orient fan great tweet there Matt J Nash said almost like we are trolling teams now arguably only two of Rich's first 11 were starting and got one sent off for good measure a home ref but we still got the three points hashtag champions Daniel underscore D44 saying that's why we're champions. LOFC second string down to 10 men and still better than the eighth best in the league. <laughs> that's a really fun way of looking at it. The players really put a shift in. 90 points with two games to go is phenomenal. It certainly is. Sunshine LOFC is an overall a very good performance. Never a red for Ogie and McCart looking better as time goes and the whole team putting some shift. Great second goal with some excellent passing and movement. Lovely stuff. Yeah, Steve Chaplin 4 said, great performance. I thought Brown was fantastic, but also a shout-out for Thompson and McCart. Mansfield, very poor against 10 men, but do we care? I don't think I mentioned Jordan Brown in my post-match, but he, Jordan Brown was excellent once again. Never quality, puts in a bad performance wherever he plays. Quality player. Jonathan S. Glass said, that's a great win with half the team changed. An inexperienced keeper and 10 men for 30 minutes against a team who are on a very good run. Yeah, absolutely. O's fan Basin said that is an amazing result. Nothing to play for, but the squad are just two together and just too good. Then and force the best compliment I can give is that they played like promotion wasn't guaranteed and they had to earn it, which they did with flying colours. This is a special team. That is a really great way of putting it as well. Masters underscore James D said this victory really underlines the driving desire Wellens has ingrained with it. Uh, ingrain the squad with to make so many changes lose Viggs go behind go down to 10 men and still grind out a win shows incredible character especially when you've wrapped up the title and the opposition need to win another great so tweet there yeah. Ben Ben 1980s some questioned the need to go to this game and the, this performance is why absolutely amazing the O's got better without playing with pressure what wonderful free flowing football Jaden Sweeney you beaut the interceptions were outstanding. A pure pleasure to watch. A special shout out to Sam and Jamie, both in top performances and shared man of the match for me. Yeah. Uh, Jay Harrison, WLR, said, demonstrates that this is a team that won the championship and not just a number of talented players. Regardless who comes and goes in the coming months, there's a clear footballing culture at Orient and long may it continue. Another great tweet there. Chosen 4-1. said, awesome to see the guys still giving their all, even with everything wrapped up. This is the mentality that will pay dividends next year in League One. TX Trev said, the best season I've seen in 52 years. What a manager we have. Great stuff. The authentic gas at 90.90, 90, 90 
Unbelievable. So proud of the boys. Derby 507 said, Sam Sargent was unbelievable. The first 15 minutes, he looked shaky, as did Ogie, but he grew into the game and his distribution was generally on point. So pleased he got his chance. Good. Another great tweet there. Jason Kilby 6 said, you start running out of superlatives for this lot. Incredible performance. I'm so proud of the players who played and have pushed our starting 11 to the heights of the club. Has achieved all season. Just beautiful. Our club is strong and proud and back. Yeah, Seb Kane said, five-hour drive down from Fife and then back. Wasn't going to go after being present at the title ceiling win on Saturday, which was my goal. But boy, am I glad I did. One of the best away wins that I can remember. Superb. Atmosphere was all right too, wasn't it? Great shout. Seb was about two rows in front of me. Obviously, I know people sweat handles. I don't know faces. Yeah. So I didn't put it together until... Uh, he tweeted like the view of his seat the day after. I was like, mate, literally, I, I was directly behind you. So said, great effort, mate. Three-hour drive was bad enough, but five-hour for you. Impressive. Well yeah. done. Billy Cowell, GB, penultimate tweet on this one. Said, one of the best performances of the season. Outplayed a decent side with our B team. Showed <laughs> we got more strength and depth than we thought we had. Clay, McCart, Thompson, Sadlier, Kelman, all excellent. And a shout-out to Sarge, who came in last minute. And was superb. Final word goes to Dan William H. Who said, uh, think it says a lot about the mentality of this group and the culture instilled by Wellens. Three days after winning the league, all of those celebrations, changes to the lineup, one one down, ten men, and still we win against the team fighting to get into the playoffs. The future is very bright. So some great tweets yeah. there on man. So thanks to everyone who sent theirs into us. So time for the Town and Country Harlow prediction league update. Hopefully you will know by now that Town and Country Harlow cover London, Essex and Hertfordshire and are run by Orient season ticket holders and fellow fans and have helped dozens of people move home along with the podcast. And the best bit is they offer all those fans and staff a discount from their already competitive fees. So if you're up for selling your property or just curious as to its value, you can save yourself a few hundred quid, keep it in your own family, give them a call on 01279 883444 or 07528471497 or you can contact the guys on Twitter at T and C Harlow. You absolutely can do that. So well done to Jake Murphy Media. Clifford Hart 10, who correctly predicted 2-1, so you guys all get three points, but extra special well done to LFC Chris 09, PM31970, Dave M1812, and Len Chin Chin 1, who all correctly predicted 2-1, but also correctly predicted a scorer. So you guys all get four points. We'll do a prediction league table update at the end of the show. We certainly well will. Well done. So impressive. Mate, crazy stuff. Yeah. It's Wednesday the 26th of April then, moving on with the week. The Young O's were in league action away to Newport County. Took the lead in the 12th minute as a pass from St. Louis to Avgustidis. So him beat two players and he got his shot away into the bottom right corner to put the O's one up. But Newport levelled in the 25th minute and took a 2-1 lead in the 41st minute as the O's missed some good chances to take the lead themselves and went in a goal down at the break. However, we did equalise in the 70th minute as Coroma's shot was deflected and landed to the feet of Bullas, who made it 2-all, which is how the game finished. Not a bad result there. Well done there to the young O's. 2-all draw at Newport. Not bad at all. Yeah, that's fair. Thursday the 27th of April then. Four years to the day <coughs> since the Orient got promoted and won the National League as we drew 0-0 at home with Braintree. Wow, four Who are National ago. League South now, I think? Steadfaster than um, 
what they should have done. So yeah, yeah amazing day four years ago. Obviously, yeah. the time goes on, but the memories still remain. Here's Absolutely. to you, Justin Edinburgh. Great day, great weekend, great yep. celebrations without one. We've done a podcast in lockdown, didn't we? We did. Remember everyone recalling that day a year. We've done that three years ago. Yeah. Because that was on the year anniversary. If you've not yeah. listened to that or a relatively new listener, go back into our vaults. That's just an episode around lockdown. I can't remember the, the kind of number it was on. That is an amazing episode. You've got one from Nigel, Ken, Danny Macklin, Justin's family, Ross Embleton, everyone talking about that day in particular. So I'm aware that our listener base continues to build. If you've not gone and listened to that, go and find it in our archives or drop us a DM and we'll send you the link. That is an amazing episode. That is an amazing historic look back on that day in particular. It's an incredible, I'm so proud of that episode when we've done it in a time where we didn't know what the hell was going on because that was like lockdown one yeah. and we just decided to put it together and we've done it all like virtually putting it together. I'm so proud of the episode. Go and listen to it, it's amazing. Yeah, a good product, good, good point well made there as well. Uh, so let's move on then. Uh, the club announcing that after winning the Football League title, uh, first Football League title in 53 years, we wish to pay tribute to those we have lost in the 53rd minute with a stadium-wide applause in the upcoming match against Stockport County. Lovely touch there. We actually had a DM from someone who suggested something um, similar, similar. to time ago and uh, emailed Mr Devlin. So I don't know if he did or if that played a part in it, but lovely touch there from the club at the Stockport match on Friday the 28th of April. A quiet day at the club. No news to report. So let's move on to the yeah. big event of the of the week really, which was Saturday the 29th of April. Stockport County at home in our final home game of the season and as always uh, in previous games and we will continue to do this um, is that we uh, ran a Twitter poll to find out how you think we'd get on in this we had 312 votes 12% of who thought we'd lose 30% thought we'd draw which meant mathematically 58% (laughs) thought that we would win that one absolutely how wrong you were (laughs) (laughs) the team was announced at 2pm with Vigoru in goal at the back James Beckles McCart and Hunt Midfield made up of El Mazzuni, Prattley, Moncler, and up top, Sadlia, Smith, and Satuyu, with Sergeant Happy, Clay, Brown, Archibald, Drynan, and Kelman on the bench. Yeah, that side saw quite a number of changes from Tuesday night's team against Mansfield. Your thoughts on, on that? Like the team, pretty much as strong as what you can get. Great to see some returning faces on the bench. Obviously, Happy was on the bench on Tuesday, but didn't get on, so good to see him back on the bench. Good to see Archibald on the bench. Could say Kelman may be a bit unlucky, 2-2, two two, finds himself on the bench mm. uh, in places to yeah, agree. who started the game. Got to feel a bit sorry for Adam Thompson there. I thought Adam Thompson was outstanding on a Tuesday, not even in the squad. Obviously, happy in Beckles back from suspension to come in. The cart kept his place. Um, so could feel from there, obviously, Ogie suspended. Decent team, looked at it on paper and thought this is going to be quite a good game because Stockport, not a bad team themselves. So mm. I was quite confident when I saw that team. You? Yeah, I mean, it's a strong side with a very strong bench. I'd be happy to see, um, I'd have been happy to have seen the same side as Tuesday night given the performance that they all put in, uh, in our quote-unquote B team, um, as some have labelled it, because like you're right, Thompson did well. Ogie did well, obviously he got sent off so he wasn't going to be reconsidered, but there are others that did well that probably deserved to, to have kept their place. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it, I thought, if Thompson is out, I would expect him to make the squad and get like five, ten minutes. So I was surprised not to see Thompson at all in there. Clay on the bench, you're like, well, Clay could effectively get some minutes. So Is Adam, is Adam Thompson's this season's Alex Lawless? Huh. Do you Flaw- think from the Flawless. promotion season? Yeah, uh, Quite possibly. But again, when you see the 
everything behind the scenes, he's still very heavily, he's not like in the corner. That's like, right. So, like, he's it's very, very heavily involved. So, yeah, yeah very that's interesting. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, interesting way. Yeah. And they all speak very highly of each other. So, um, real interesting point there. So, again, lots of tweets when the team was read out. Ben Whitlock, 13, tweeted us. So I'd be happy with this being our starting lineup for the first game of next season. <laughs> Swap Theo for Sadlia, and we've done good business in the window. Assuming our new striker is happy to be on the bench for the first game. Ron Sampson, fifteen, said Kelman's unlucky to be dropped to the bench. He's scored in his last two games. Stockport have to win this, so I expect bombardment of our goal today. It's lovely when it doesn't <laughs> matter. Steve Cab one two one. So with the exception of Ed Turns or Dan Happy, this is arguably the strongest team we can put out. None of the others in the top eight can complain if we do lose the game. Yeah, Len Chin Chin won. So today's a special celebration, reward for months of hard work. But today's game is important, which will need quality to win a stop what need the points. The starting 11 is strong and it's nice to see Viggs fit to play. Must have game focus and a desire to win and a clinical teamwork. Yeah, so some great tweets uh, pre-Stockport. So it's a very vibrant and euphoric E10 hosting the final home game of the season. My voice is going, it's been a busy week. Yeah. As before kickoff, the ladies team took their lap of honour with their league trophy. So again, well done to the ladies. Yeah, great to see them. So. And they got great reception as well. Yeah, so rightly. Rightly deserved. Great trophy. Well done to the ladies team once again as the teams are welcomed onto the pitch by the Stratford East singers performing Alleluia. Again, nice touch to the Lovely. players of Sam Alleluia uh, in the changing rooms after winning promotion. And... Uh, it was mentioned earlier uh, in an earlier interview by Barney saying, like, you know, they use a special song. That's why that song was sung. And also got the Guard of Honour from Stockport County again. Yeah. Great to see. So, really uh, great to start. Sunny day, packed out. Everyone very positive. Loud home fans, loud away fans. Knowing we're going to get the Championship trophy at full time. What, buzzing. What could go wrong? Just a joyous, momentous, <laughs> buzzing vibrant yeah, well, I'd love to see Orient like that every week I know it's not possible but I'd love to see Orient like that more often than not because it's such a pleasure to be at I think our, our small ground like with the lower end lower lower tiered um, stands really helps to amplify the sound around the ground that, you know you could hear the west side singing they don't normally sing you could hear the north singing quite well the east it's just brilliant absolutely brilliant and yeah they were noisy Stockport I didn't realise quite how many they bought until yeah. like I looked just as the match was about to kick off and I was like wow there's like literally banged out there 12, 1400 must have been roughly worth noting that they were 11 unbeaten going into the game mathematically they can still, at this point, yeah. if results go their way, still go up automatically as well. So they've got a lot to play for. Like a fairly big club, decent following around. So quite a yeah. big, as big as it was for Orient, still a very big game for Stockport County as well. Take on board what you say about Brisbane Road being buzzing. I've, every week now, there's more and more new faces with you don't recognise. Not that it's a bad thing, but just loads of people who've obviously never been before looking right. at the seats looking at ticket numbers, looking at seat numbers, yeah, obviously quite. first experiences, which is fine, but don't do it in the fourth minute when I'm trying to watch a free kick come yeah. into the box, which we'll come on to in about two seconds. Yeah, you missed it. Yeah. Didn't see it, mate. You're, you're right, Stockport. <laughs> it's between Stockport now and Northampton. Yeah. Like, it's Northampton's to lose, really. Stockport will go up, I'm telling you. Northampton will bottle it. Again. Same happened last season. Second year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. My, I've got a friend who supports Northampton. I, for him, obviously, I quite like it to... Uh, to them to go up but look four minutes in as you quite rightly pointed out just a moment ago Stockport took the lead corner came in was cleared came back out to Hussey on the right and from his cross 
Wright was unmarked in the box and headed in from close range to make it 1-0 to the visitors. That was poor defending. Like, Beckles is standing there going like, what is going on here? Well, How am I the only one well, with Beckles these Well, Beckles had two running in and he didn't quite know, obviously didn't go with Wright, it was unmarked, went with the guy behind him. And yeah, just looking guy around. had plenty of time. No challenge on him at all. But didn't see it at the time. Literally, I had literally people standing up in front of me to let in the couple who were late. I just saw the net bulge in their fans. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, honestly, who was that bothered about it? It was just the way the kind of game went. And then one became two in the ninth minute. Stockport did well to keep the ball, uh, which worked its way to Callum Camps on the edge of the box. He took a shot, which just beat Vigaru into his far corner to make it 2-0 and leave the O's stunned. But fans, still in good voice. That was a good goal, that. Lawrence yeah. just missed that by a hair's breadth of that. So, yeah, it was a good goal. We didn't do enough to stop it. We didn't... Didn't close know, it quick enough, did we? Didn't go to him. He had time, although he instinctively kind of took that shot. There was no one close to, close enough to him. No one stopping the pass go across. The second phase of that, we just didn't do well enough. Yeah. We just switched off. I think Richie will be uh, disappointed in that. I think they all players, were. Yeah. yeah, absolutely right. 18th minute, then let's go to Rob Hunt into the referee's book for a foul... To prevent a counter-attack, that was yeah, a booking. Took one for the team. Yeah, yeah. no surprises there. Four minutes later, there was some fantastic footwork from Kieran Sadlier that saw him sit his man down. That was brilliant. And his fierce shot was deflected out for a court for the first corner of the game, which unfortunately came to nothing. That was brilliant trickery from him. Oh, Just well. inside their box, his twist and turn, their man's lost his lost his balance and, and ended up sitting him down. Perfect. Don't worry there. Need to see more of that from, from Kieran. Uh, worth noting that was our first corner of the game, not the first corner of the game. Yeah, Sorry, 30 second yeah, minute in. Paul Smith went into yeah. the referee's book for a foul. I mean, that was a silly one, right? He felt that like he should have got a free kick. They won the ball. He gets up and he just takes their man out. So he booking out. He was frustrated. Smith. He could have had worse for that, to be honest, because that was a proper frustration yeah, right. kick out. That could have been yeah. red uh, if there was a more pedantic referee. Yeah. Um, but he was right. He was being fouled left, right, and centre, and getting nothing for it. Um, and because he's diminutive, and because he's got a low centre of gravity, and because he can twist and turn on a five pence, you know, he, he the players just can't deal with him, and he just gets fouled. But I think referees think he just goes to ground too easy. Possibly. Um, yeah. Anyway. Fast forward then to the forty-first minute. A lucky deflection finally fell. Sorry, a lucky deflection fell kindly for Stretton, who drove towards goal, got his shot off. It's a comfortable save for Lawrence Figueroa. Easy, easy there for Figs. Three minutes of time and up on the board. And in the first minute, Paul Smith was fouled again from the resulting free kick from quite a distance. Tom James stepped over it, had a shot at goal, but Hinchcliffe comfortably punched the ball away with no further talking points. The referee brought the half to a close with the O's 2-0 down on a massive day for the club. Yep, just 2-0 at half-time. The board, the Leighton Orient board, did a lap of honour at half-time and were rightly applauded for all the effort and hard work that they put in to running the club and to getting us to where we've gotten to so far. Great to say. You know, the only one who hasn't taken a lap of honour or done anything with the trophy, and I only clocked this morning when the club tweeted about him, is Lynn. Lee hasn't done anything. He's not done any ole ole olays that I've seen, like with the trophy to the crowd. He's not gone on any walk rounds. It's quite an interesting one, Ling. Obviously, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's interesting? Or why do I just think he's not done anything? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's when you win, it's all credit to weddings, right? When you lose, it's Ling's rubbish. Get out of the club. To it's just, it's just, it's just a real. No, I think, I think generally, I think, I think, I know who you're referring to, but I think more than one person thinks that when we lose, it, it gets put on Ling. Mm. Um, but I've not seen Ling do anything with the trophy. I think I've seen one picture of him lifting it along with Kent at some point or celebrating with Kent, I think, post-Gillingham. But I've seen everyone else do laps of honour. Or he might be good and might just be standing back taking it in. 
but I've not seen Ling visibly do anything. He might just be want, he might want to stand in the background. But I think it's really interesting. Link hasn't come forward and been like, you know, hang on a minute, I'm director football here. Come on, give me a bit of credit. Like he's not been doing that. Kent's been very active, mm. doing loads of interviews. Been on the pitch. He was at the pitch in Gillingham. He was on the pitch yesterday. Nigel was on the pitch yesterday. Obviously, over for the first time since promotion. Mark Devlin, I've seen out and around. I've not seen Link anywhere, really. Which I think is probably a testament to mining. But yeah, yeah. he still gets widely criticised. Very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, there were zero changes no changes at half time no as the O's uh, for the O's Stockport got the second half underway we're going to fast forward now to the 54th minute Paul Smith did so well to get round his man near the byline his cutback found George Moncur but his shot was blocked that's probably going in had it not been blocked it was yeah, definitely great. going on target from a very close range from Hinchcliffe but in the 58th minute Wenant had seen enough he made a triple sub as Darren Prattley came on I was sorry came off as was replaced by Jordan Brown. George Moncur came on. Sorry, George Moncur came off and was replaced by Aaron Drynan. And Kieran Sadlier came off and was replaced by Charlie Kelman. Always Prosecco is starting to get to <laughs> Making my head fuzzy and my, uh, my mouth dry. In the 67th minute, no superb trickery from Ruel Soturiu down our right. He drove into the box, squared it to Charlie Kelman, who was three yards away from goal, but Wright made a superb tackle to deny him and to concede a corner. Superb movement, superb piece of play from Orient as well, and a great piece of defending. Well, he hurt himself, didn't he? He like, did. Like in the challenge, but obviously saved his team, possibly a goal from that. 72nd minute, final subs for the O's. Is Dan Happy and Theo Archibald came back for yes. their first appearances in quite a while. Came on and replaced Jamie McCart and also replaced Tom James. Yeah, good to see both of them back. Brilliant. Well done, chaps. 80 minutes on the clock now. Stockport added a third goal. Hussey swung in a free kick from the right and an unmarked Evans headed into the corner of Lawrence Vigrew's goal to make it 3-0. So that's two set pieces that we've now we've not defended well enough against and switched off. I know it doesn't matter. I know the flip-flops aren't on. I know the beach towels aren't on the sun loungers yet. But nonetheless, we have switched off at two set pieces in three goals. Yeah, I Four. mean, if you're going to switch off and have a game like this, let's do it once the championship is won. So True. No problem there. Three minutes of time added on. And with nothing else to report, the referee brought the match to a close with Stockport winning the game 3-0. But it didn't matter. And no pitch invasions. Not even any attempted from what I could see. Good. Very, very I wise. I thought there yeah. might be a few the same here. foolhardy types. None. Um, to be polite about it. But None. everyone was spot on. Yeah, everyone spot Brilliant on. Brilliant to see. And once the Stockport County fans had left Brisbane Road, the entire O squad were welcomed back onto the pitch one by one. So from number order, the sergeant came out first as number one. Tom followed James. by Tom James and on it went. And then it was down to Dan Prattley and Omar Beckles, who were either side of the League 2 trophy, with Ada Martin sandwiched nicely in between them as they lifted the League 2 trophy as Leighton Iron were crowned champions, leading yeah. to a wild night of celebrations on the pitch and beyond. The photos were amazing, the celebrations were amazing, all great. And, and the video is on our social media. I haven't put it on Facebook yet, but it is on our social media accounts. Yeah, you can uh, see that live. Twitter and Insta. You can see it live from the South Stand. Obviously, it was all directly based towards the West, West Stand. Stand yeah. um, but if you want to view from the South Stand, from your South Stand channel, you can see that on our social media accounts. So after the match, Dave Victor spoke to Richie Wellens. We're going to play the entire interview, and here's what Richie Wellens had to say. Richie, thanks for joining us. Not the result you would have wanted, but it didn't dampen the mood at all, did it? I thought, to be fair, I thought we started all right, and the atmosphere and the ground was, was electric. Um, but that, you have to give them a credit. They was right at it, and we was 
it's been difficult because we give the players a few games off. Our preparation yesterday was just a five-a-side, just get them going. You know, no specific instruction, no no tactical work. So we just wanted the players to, to enjoy the occasion. Um, but credit to Stockport, they was really at it, pressed us really well, and we were just very lethargic and a little bit cumbersome. So there's reasons why the performance was what it was. But um, no, it didn't take anything away from the celebrations at the end and the day in a whole. Now, you asked the uh, supporters to stay off the pitch, and they didn't, and as a result, it really was uh, very special, and it meant that the trophy could be lifted with the fans here to see it. Yeah, no, listen, when, I mean, 53 years since we've had a try of international league, but 53 years since we've won a, won a league in, it, in terms of the, the EFL, so we wanted to make it special. I think it was. The celebrations were fantastic. The fireworks, Matt Porter done a fantastic job getting in the heat things. Um, behind, the, behind, behind the stage I think it was all set up pretty well um, I think everything went smooth Luke did a fantastic job as all, did all the media team I think the last two weeks they've done, done a great job we've obviously allowed them um, back, backstage and, and a lot of insight into what the players do and we will do that in the next nine days till the end of the season but now what a day this will be forever long in my memory because um, it's a special group as we've always said I think Monk was a little bit overwhelmed with the, the entrance which I thought the choir what Luke got was absolutely fantastic made the, the hairs on my on my back stand up so a great day and your openness enabling the uh, cameras to be so close to the players has meant the faithful have felt immersed in the celebrations over some very special days since the uh, well, not the, the defeat at Gillingham yeah so I mentioned probably three or four weeks ago saying that we give the, the, the supporters the club back and what that means is we've got the club back to a level where we feel it should be and a level it can definitely compete in terms of size and in terms of fan base um, but also these supporters are going out every week earning their money they've just come recovering from Covid the, the prices of living the cost of living and the, or everything else is expensive so we've given them a team on the pitch not only ability wise to entertain them but they can connect with and they can identify with because for me Leighton is a working class area um, and these lads go on the pitch every single week and give 110% they give 110% today but we just that little bit that little bit off it and which is understandable so that's what I mean by giving the club the club, the, uh, the club back to the supporters they can they've been on a journey with his football team for now um, 10 months this season and they can identify it and they can relate with, us, with the players and you know, the, the players have given them a hell of a lot to shout about. There have been so many videos. For me, the most moving was when the, uh, the loved ones of the players were giving messages. At, um, and I think it was Paul Smith's wife who said these are friends for life. Yeah. She's right, isn't she? But she, she, was very, she was very eloquent, spoken really well. And to, to find her words, and, and she said she's, that he, she's really pleased that he's found a dressing room like he has and obviously he's emerged in that dressing room um, we, we obviously won promotion and we wanted to try and get over the line in terms of winning the league and we thought that would be a nice touch getting the families involved and again you can see what backgrounds they come from a really special group of people coming from special families and finally for me Richie what does it mean to you? do you know what I spoke to the players and thanked them for the efforts before the before the game because I know that once the final whistle comes it's very difficult to have a team talk or to have anything really to say because obviously it's madness people just get attracted into different areas so I thank them for their efforts this year and I also said that we've been only stressing away for so long now that there will be a lull whenever you win something 
there will be a lull. It might be this week in training when we give him three or four days off. It might be when we have the end of season trip. It might be when they're on holiday with the, with the partners or with the families. But then when you hit that lull, for me, it's a reset. It's a reset. This isn't a pass now. We've achieved it. Fantastic. It's about moving forward now. Can we look forward into League One? Can we keep this squad together? Because I think that's important. Um, I've loved working with them. And the scare for me is now losing some of the players. I don't want that to happen. I want to keep the majority of the squad and go forward and really compete next year. But I don't know. The reset hasn't hit me yet. It will do pretty soon. And then as soon as that happens, focus is on next year. It's been an astonishing season. Thank you so much, Richie. And congratulations. So that was Richie post-match from... Yesterday, uh, speaking exclusively to Dave Victor and Dave, thanks as always for sending us that. Speaks very well again, doesn't he? Captures the mood, captures the moment, captures what's going on in his head and, and articulates it extremely well. As he has done all season. So yeah, well done there, Sir Richie, for a very uh, honest interview there. Well done again to Dave uh, and a thank you from us to Dave, like you said there. So that defeat means the O's are still top of League 2 and are champions with one game left to play which we played 45 126 drawn 12 lost 7 90 points and a goal difference of plus 27 so bid Lejande your views on yesterday yeah I mean that was about the occasion not the match very very similar to to like I said before about Braintree we weren't at it today Stockport County were hence the scoreline poor marking from set pieces for us that have conceded uh, those goals the result didn't diminish from the day at all because, as I said before, it's about the occasion. Bit of deja vu uh, about Braintree uh, when we were National League champions, but it would be the presentation and the fanfare that went with that after the 90 minutes had been played. So, yeah, just for me, I don't really want to talk too much about the game because it's one to forget, but just to say well done to everyone at the club for making that day so memorable and well done to all the fans who didn't rush on uh, to the pitch. Class effort, really, from, from everyone. Everyone was on top behaviour, top performance. I'll never forget that day, ever. And, and nearly will my, nearly, neither will my nearly five-year-old son, uh, because it's been 53 years since the last one. If it happens in 53 years' time, he'll be bringing grandchildren, or maybe even great-grandchildren at, at that time. So it's something that possibly may only happen once in a generation that you get, you know, not say you won't get promoted again, but as champions. No. So, yeah, really special memory-making day that was yesterday. I'm pleased he came. I'm pleased he enjoyed it. Pleased he wasn't overwhelmed by it. From us all going to Figo beforehand and for, for, for us all get, getting together and then sitting and enjoying the game together, just from minute one, uh, the minute we left the house to, to the minute we got home, it was just a, a really brilliant, brilliant day. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> game won't be remembered for the first team, will it? Like, no. It's, long, it's already forgotten, right? Like... I'm never going to watch the highlights of that game again. No, like I'm, not like interested. I'm done with it. But it's all about the celebrations that came yeah. after. Great stuff. I mean, to be fair, I will say Stockport were brilliant, right? They were. One of the best teams, if not the best team, who, as a visiting team, have come to us. Pressed, we couldn't deal with it. More intense. Gave us no time. Apart from Smith, no one, could, no one had any time on the ball to do anything. But the crowd was great. The atmosphere was great. The trophy lifting, I think they got it spot on. I would have loved it to be towards the south stand, but it's never going to be towards the south stand when you've got the west where it is and obviously that being the biggest stand. hope everyone had a great day and night. I'm sure everyone did. Loads of great tweets came into us where people were. Shout out to... So I remember meeting Giles and Richard and loads of other people in Capture who obviously recognise me from the pod and mentioned the outlook. So thanks to everyone who's done that over the last week or so. That happened yeah. in Mansfield quite a few times. Thanks for that. I think it's, you know... Um, Remember to say six years ago to the day yesterday, 
we were invading the pitch against Colchester United. That was six years ago, today, yesterday. And six years later, we celebrate our second league winning trophy under the current ownership who deserve a huge amount of credit and should never be underestimated. And as well as the board, Martin Ling, as does Richie Williams, mm. as do the players and staff. What a crazy, crazy six years it's been, but very apt to mention that. Great day. Hope everyone had great evenings and is continuing to do so um, on this bank holiday weekend. So those were our views. Again, loads of views came into us after the match. We'll try and read as many as we can, but just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. Richie J. Bourne said, disappointing performance, to be fair. But who cares? Statboy underscore Steven said, I'd rather lose the last home game with a championship in my pocket than win the last home game without silverware. Amen to that, Stephen. Trousers Techno said, a game in which the O's failed to cope pretty much with the physical approach of Stockport, especially after gifting them the lead in the first 10 with a very slow start. We never really recovered and giving another gift for their third finished the match as a contest. Yeah, Phil VZ1 said a tricky game to play when we're champions after a long, hard, joyous season. They wanted the three points more than us, and I think the dig deep tank was justifiably empty. But what a season. Yeah, Casey Adams, LOFC said best atmosphere all season. This group is special and couldn't have asked for a better day. Steve Adams, 48, said credit to Stockport. Their passing game was very good. It made the O's look unusually unsettled and they deserved the win. They did, Orin underscore Ed. Great to see yesterday, Ed. So let's face it, the game didn't matter, but we certainly deserved to lose. The players' minds were elsewhere and I suppose we always would lose since I predicted us to win. There's still cracking atmosphere from both sets of fans and a fantastic party. See you at Brisbane Road next season. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, Result didn't matter today. We've done all our work a few weeks ago. Today was all about the players picking up that trophy at the end of the game and rightly enjoying it in front of us fans and their family members. One game left now for the champions to play before League One beckons. Yeah, great seeing you yesterday, yeah, Luke, amen. selling your programmes. Ellen Reeves too said, What a day. Who cares about the result? I will say, though, that one of my favourite parts of the day was just before the A's were presented with the trophy and the South Stand sharing their thoughts about the EFL. Oh, do you remember when Genius. they called out the guy from the EFL, the head of the chief of well, the that's EFL? that's what he's referring to. Yeah, yeah. they Brilliant. booed him. Yeah, Brilliant. Certain play. song was uh, sung. Yeah. Blatantly here. Yeah, yeah. At you said, what a season and a fantastic day. In typical Orient fashion, we lose, but that didn't dampen our spirits and celebrations. It's been a long day, but a great one with memories that will last a lifetime. Thank you, Richie, and all the staff and players. So, Ben, hope you had a great day. I think I saw on Ben's tweet on Saturday morning that he got a flight in at like 4am. So, obviously, came up for the day yesterday, <coughs> flies in from wow. Scotland. Ben, hope you had a great day with your family. Dovey Bear said, so in typical Orient fashion, we contrived the game to be a real anticlimax, but the celebrations were not. They were fantastic. Paolo, 1986, said it was a brilliant season. The atmosphere and feeling at Gillingham won't be beaten for a while, but a brilliant day nonetheless. Up the O's with champions. I feel a bit spoiled, kind of, as an Orient fan. I obviously had the whole Gillingham experience, which was amazing, the way that happened with the blackout and the other result going our way and getting promoted there. Then you had crew last Saturday, again, which felt like, again, another pitch invasion. Yeah. And it felt the right reason. the right reason. Yeah. And then yesterday, like, it feels like it's just a bit like, Bang, back to bang, back to bang. bang. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you would have spread them out over the... Yeah. Obviously, that's not the way the fixture calendar works, but they've been so close together. Two weeks. Great, like... Yeah, two, two, two weeks. and a half weeks, basically, yeah. wasn't it? From a midweek Tuesday. Yeah, uh, crazy stuff. Uh, is it Paolo? No, is it Paolo? Dan Alton. Dan Alton 
said the game was over after 10 minutes. No one cares, was just waiting for the final whistle. Celebrations weren't dampened at all. We are the champions, and I can't wait to get to Bradford and rub uh, winning the league in their faces <laughs> as well. Linda Brogan said, What a season, what a club, what an adventure. Highs and lows along the way, yet we are united and we are or a phenomenal club, phenomenal supporters. Zilla Trump 89 said, Bad game. The small group of Stockport fans were classes at the end. Frank yeah. Stafford people on one of the balconies in the flats. But ultimately, though, it doesn't matter. As we're in Wonderland, two promotions, and both as champions, crazy times, but in the best way imaginable. Essex Biz said, An incredible season that will live with me forever. In a country full of towns, cities, and counties, there's only one Orient, Leighton Orient. Nicely done there, John. Ox Ooch said, Not that it matters a jot, but I thought Stockport were perhaps the second best team I've seen all season. And the best team wins the league, obviously. I think that was a good season to get out of League 2. It might be a lot tougher next year. Yeah, when you think who's going down oh, into it and who's coming up Very tough it, next year. You wouldn't yeah. want to be in that one. Yeah, no. absolutely. Final word, though, of this week goes to Kevin Cowlin, who said, so, pro- so proud to be an O's fan. I love this club, which I've supported for over 60 years. So many highs and lows, but this season has been up there as one of the best. I've absolutely loved it. Back where we belong. Let's hope we can hold on to our key players for the challenge of League One. So those were all tweets that came into us on Outlet Podcast, as they have all been throughout the episodes. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any that are read out. You can do so by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at Outlook at Outlook.com. You can find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Absolutely. So, Town and Country Harlow Prediction League update. There were no correct predictions for this one, which meant the top of the Prediction League is as follows. On 40 points and looking like the runaway winner, that tall O's fan. On 30 points, O's fan basing. And on 29 points, Ben Whitlock, 13. So, thanks to everyone who sent in the prediction yesterday and throughout the season. Absolutely, one more left to go. So I'm pretty sure that Toos fan is winning the league, but you yeah. never say never until the fat lady has sung. So today, Sunday, the 30th of April, it was the promotion party at Brisbane Road, including the first team, the academy, the LFC women trophy presentation. Also, members from the 2005 2006 squad, board members were there, and lots of fun to be had for the family. Photo opportunities, bouncy castles, food, the works yeah. were there. So I wasn't there. Yeah, You were bearded Lejean Day with yeah. your lovely family. Tell us about the day. Yeah, really lovely. It was really high energy, really vibrant. You could tell that people were in a good mood. They had a proper stage set up with a proper sound system that sounded unbelievable. It was just great seeing... So, like, I'm not going to name drop everyone because there were just so many people that came over, said hello. People who I knew, people who I didn't know. Um, had chats with people. People that sit with us in the South Stand. Just really, really brilliant day. Didn't really get to see the players enough. Uh, Is that because you were chatting to other people? Is that because they just weren't present enough? No, they were, and you could see lots of people getting lots of autographs. No, they were. It's just, it's just how the day went for me. Right. Um, but, but towards the end, the players were up in the not the gallery. Was it the eighteen eighty one lounge? And, right. and they were just there with all their family. When actually there were still quite a few of us that hadn't got autographs and pictures and whatnot. So I kind of feel that I missed out on that a little bit just because of various other things going on and around uh, the ground. Uh, they had the bouncy castles. My son was fantastic. They had a shooting uh, one way. It had uh, holes, holes. And, and you shoot the ball, you kick the ball through and, and Theo Theo got like four on the bounce and a hundred and the 40 points and he was chuffed to bits with himself. So all in all, it was a really brilliant day. The only thing 
was about it was that the, the, the queuing for food and drink what it was it just wasn't enough people on to, to cater Working for the crowd out. so you ended up queuing I queued for a burger for like 40 45 minutes um, and I didn't even bother to do the trophy it's like someone waited an hour and 20 minutes for it so it's just it was just so many people uh, which is great to see um, but that's just I guess the downside of of having so many people um, loads of babies loads of young families there so like the future of Orient like all in Orient kits so the future yeah, yeah. generations of Orient were like all there to be seen Amazing. grandparents great grandparents I think in probably some cases yeah, yeah. it was lovely really lovely saw loads of people and it was just you know hearing Darren Prattley sing out Omar Beckles' song and um, screaming out we've got super Richie Wellens is something that will probably haunt me and live <laughs> with me uh, forever forever. but it was lovely it was just a very joyous day Nigel spoke really well uh, the ladies were there receiving their ovation which they quite rightly deserve for winning their league they've still got I think a game to play yeah. um, but no absolutely brilliant the youth team everyone was credited and Everyone got a mention from the back office and the backroom staff and the you know the analysts and the physios and Ada Martin who's been there thirty years. It was just a lovely day. It was just the sun was out, sun was shining. It was fantastic. Wicked. Glad you had a good one. I'm sure there'll be many more photos to be shared by the club from that one. I've, I've already seen stuff I haven't put up yet. I've already seen yesterday. Yeah. Never mind today. So we're a bit behind with that, but we'll get around we'll to get it. We'll get around there. So at 1 hour, 23 minutes, 41 seconds, let's wrap this bad boy up. Fantasy Football Update, Stuart Coleman is top of the Orient Outlook podcast. Fantasy Football League, he's got 2,288 points. He's ahead of Daniel Clark in second place on 2,256 points. That's fairly tight at the top. I'm in 190th place out of 356 mm. players. Done well. It's not bad there at all. All right, I'll let you do positives this week, Mr. Levy, as you all weren't right. here last week, so uh, yeah. go for it. Yeah, obviously the positive that we beat Mansfield and the performance that went with that as well. Yep. Having Dan Happy, Theo Archibald back in the squad and making a substitute appearance against uh, Stockport was a welcome sight. And obviously we're now no longer just, just top of the league, we're the champions of League Two. We absolutely are. One negative this week, pretty obvious is that we lost to Stockport. So, Absolutely. So, Town & Country Harlow Heroes of the Week this week. I think we we were unanimous with this, that it's been a, a long season. It's been a monumental effort from everyone, from the directors, the backroom staff, management, the players, and also us fans, those that go home and away, those that just go home. It's been an absolutely monumental effort. So, without further ado, we are going to give this week's Hero of the Week to... Everybody associated with Leighton Orient because it would be unfair to produce just one or another. That's <laughs> everyone, yeah. So if you're listening to this, you're one of our heroes of the week. And if you aren't, then sodger because you're not listening. <laughs> so next week's fixtures in. So the O's have one more game left in its historic season as we travel to Bradford City on Monday, the 8th of May. Now, Bradford City in a very strange position. They are seventh in League Two. They won two one away at Northampton with a last minute win. They have a game in hand over everyone else at the top. They do. If they win that, then on Monday they'll be mathematically possible to get automatically promoted if results <laughs> go their way. They so could. The O's are ten- we look like we're going to take 2,500 now. Capacity of Bradford City is 26,000. Yeah. They will sell out their home allocation easily. It's sold out, I think. For that. It is going to be one rocking atmosphere. Yeah. Massive game for the O's. If you're going, have a safe journey and don't forget to tweet us pre-match, at the match, post-match at any time at all that promises to be one hell of a matchup. be interesting to see who Richie plays in that do you yeah. play happy try and get 90 minutes under his belt do you play Archibald come back from injuries try and get 
bit of game yeah. time. If Thompson and Clay are leaving, do you play them as their farewell game? Do you play Sargent if Sargent? There's lots of things that are going to have to be thought about how we play this one. Do you play your strongest 11? Yeah, he'll play his strongest do 11. You, do you play a player, right, who you're trying to sign a contract to or don't want to lose and say they break their break their leg or get a bad injury yeah. last game? There's lots, there's lots of things yeah. to think about in this one. It's going to be a, an interesting uh, decision to see who Richie puts out. And again, no game now to nine days, right? So the players have got another week to wait for this. They've got Starman tomorrow. I imagine there'll be more celebrations during the week. So it's going to be interesting to focus the team and the plan like which he said we approach Stockport differently for the celebrations I think this be interesting how they approach this one as well it's going to be a busy week for the players I'm actually going to be loads of interviews to do loads of publicity to do be an interesting one yeah but hopefully you know we get the result there yeah I couldn't agree with you more so if you are one of those that are going have a safe journey and don't forget as Steve said Give us a tweet along yeah. the way. Share the experience with those that can't make it. So, a sponsorship reminder, don't forget, get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Langley Florist. Give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or get in contact via social media. With, they're at Carol Langley E4. They're at Essex Biz on Twitter. Also, Carol Langley Florist uh, on Instagram and search Facebook for Carol Langley Flores. John, it was great to see you and Tina uh, at the family day today. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 320. Indeed, indeed. A monumental day in our history has been marked in a memorable way, but like four years ago, the match isn't one that will live long in the memory, but the occasion of Senio's lift a league trophy while celebrating with our loved ones and seeing the good times of returning at Brisbane Road. So although we are all looking forward to League One, the season is not over yet. Like we said, one more game to play in Bradford to see we have something to play for. So it'll be a toughie in front of a very large crowd. And we'll be talking about it all in our next episode. Our season finale, yeah. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in or Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers and fan hub apps. So listening to this podcast has got even easier, even easier, I beg your pardon. And as we've mentioned before, if you've got an older relative, a loved one or an Orient chum, someone who's got a passing interest in Orient, I know that there are fans from other clubs buying season tickets for us that are disillusioned with their clubs and want to be involved in, in what we're creating at Leighton Orient. So lots of new faces, faces that we don't see often. So grab their phone, download it and pass the pod. Yeah. So massive thank you to Barney Nash for coming on. I thought Barney yep. gave us a great interview. Thank you to Irene Wellens as well for her time at Mans. Well, thank you to everyone who has listened to this one. We will be back with episode 321 on Monday the 8th of May. So the night, the evening of Bradford away we return with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's